My name is Kate the Socialite and you're listening to episode 209 of The Kate Show and today we are talking about working with a custom blog writer, promoting your blog, and other frequently asked questions that we receive here at The Socialite Agency when it comes to blogging and should I do it, should I not do it, when am I ready for it, and what are the nuances of it, what do I do after I publish a blog post. I mean there are so many questions. And many moons ago, I had my friend and business partner, Jacqueline Edwards, on the podcast to discuss our venture together. And if you guys don't know what business venture we have together, you're going to find out. Years later, that venture is thriving and growing our clients' businesses like crazy. Plus, we are always looking to take it up a notch. Now, some of you might already know Jacqueline, but if you don't, I'll give you the rundown. Jacqueline and I met in a coffee shop in Madison, Wisconsin back in 2015 and became instant friends. Two years after that, sitting across from each other in yet another Madison coffee shop, I suggested one simple business idea that she not only ran with, but completely made her own and then exploded it into an empire over which she reigns tirelessly. My suggestion was this, offer blogging for the home industry. I was offering that service at the time, but I wanted to scale in other ways, so my suggestion was partially selfish. But the thing is, Jacqueline has the writing ability and the marketing knowledge, and before I knew it, she created her own business with a solid waitlist of clients. Why did her business take off so quickly? Well, a few reasons. She had the drive to make it work, the skills to make it happen, and the willingness to learn what she didn't know. Most of all, she offered something that her niche market deeply needed, And in the years since launching her business, she has not strayed from that course. She and I are very much of the same mindset, which is keep your head down and stay in your lane. We honestly don't care what our competitors are doing, and to a point, we feel like we don't even have competitors. Instead, we focus on building our mutual teams, business relationships, and of course, our actual business partnership. So today on The Kate Show, Jacqueline and I will be discussing blogging for the home industry in more depth than you might have heard before. While our last interview on the podcast was about blogging basics, today's conversation is next level. Our discussion ranges from learning the benefits of using our blog post builders to going fully custom with your blogging and the differences between the two, pros and cons, and the actual purpose of the blog post, and what do you do after you publish your blog post, and so much more. So get ready to take notes and stick around for a special promo code at the end of this interview because Jacqueline and I would love to work with you for the betterment of your business marketing. Now, before I get into my conversation with Jacqueline, I want to thank Side Door, one of the sponsors of this episode. As an interior designer, you might feel like the only way to make more money in your business is to work more hours, hire more people, set up a retail location, and basically drive yourself crazy. All this at the expense of your family, your mental health, and your physical well-being. Is it worth it? Well, honestly, it's not looking like it. Side Door presents another option sell trade-only products, and earn an average commission of 30% on each sale. It is genius. Not only do you have far more income potential than archaic affiliate marketing has to offer, but you also don't have to worry about the headache of inventory or handling orders, shipping, returns, or customer support. Just curate a room package, make the sale, and get paid. Side Door does the rest. You can sell each package over and over, or you can offer a custom service that lets you handcraft a package for each client. Either way, SideDoor is a smarter way to scale your design firm. To earn money with SideDoor, apply to join. Go to www.onsidedoor.com to get started today. All right, guys. So, like I said, today I spoke with Jacqueline Edwards, and I want to give you her official bio because even though a lot of you probably know at least somewhat about who she is, I want you guys to understand why it's such a big deal that she is the one behind the blog post builders that we offer to our Socialite Vault members. So here it is. Jacqueline Edwards is the founder and creative director of Ochre and Beige, a boutique blogging studio for interior designers. Jacqueline studied design and communication at Stanford University and spent years in marketing and business development within Silicon Valley's startup scene before venturing out on her own. She started Ochre and Beige in 2017 to use her passions, writing, design, and business, to serve interior designers around the world. This California native splits her time between Europe and the U.S., is most likely to be found on a mountain or in a book, and has at least two to three half-empty cups on her desk at any given time. And then, P.S., I added this last part, she's also my business partner and best friend forever. So guys, without further ado, here is Jacqueline Edwards. 
Marketing your interior design or home staging business should be easy and relational. My name is Kate the Socialite, and I believe in action, not just ideas. And I share strategies that have proven to work right here every week. If you're serious about growing your business in the home industry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Kate Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Kate Show. I am here with Jacqueline Edwards. You heard all about her in the introduction to this episode. Jack, thanks for coming back on the show. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a while. It has. I can't believe how much time has flown since we, well, since we became friends, since we were both in business, and then we became business partners in a sense. And it's just like, oh my goodness, so much has happened. So much. Years and years, like pandemic thrown in, like big things. <laughs> that whole part was just a blur. I'm like, we'll we'll just it's remove so that blur. from history. <laughs> so I was thinking too, like, when did we start working together? And I was like, you know what? It was. I think even a year before the pandemic hit, mm-hmm. which to me feels like started last year, but it's here we are. I know it is so weird, but I do think that a lot of my listeners already know who you are because they either heard your first interview on the podcast or they just know because we refer clients back and forth to each other. Mm-hmm. But what I would like to start off with is exactly what you and your team do for clients because you guys have a very niche business and it's something that you're so highly specialized in that these, that my listeners really just need to know, especially the interior designers. So can you break it down for us and share how does a custom copywriter work with blogging clients? Because that is what you guys do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it is, I mean, the process for me has evolved in the five years that I've been doing this. And I feel like I've gone into a place in the last couple of years where it is as streamlined as possible, but it's still quite intensive. So in the beginning, we are meeting with the clients, we're setting topics, we're making sure that those topics are strategic for their business. The last thing I have such a pet peeve with like fluffy topics, if it's not supporting your business, Mm -hmm. like, I guess you can ask me to do it if you really, really want it. Sure. I've had a couple of clients do that, but I'm always going to try to talk you out of it. Um, like strategic topics are the best. And then once we have that, you know, calendar set for each month, we will give the clients prompts for the topic. And these are usually, you know, five questions at the most. And it's something like, let's say we're talking about, um, the interior design process, for example, actually that's a bad example. Usually they already have it written and they just send it, send it to us. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, for another easy. one, like timeline, I might say like, okay, like, you know, the design concept or the conceptualization process, like how long does that usually take? Clients have no idea. They're like, oh, you just go into your studio and it takes a week, right? No. Um, So little things like that for me to get on the same page and understand how the design firm is running things behind the scenes. Because a lot of designers, they they don't do things the same way. And so even if I've been become really familiar with this process and with this industry, I can never assume that two clients are the same. So we get those thoughts from them. Um, we also, in those prompts, they'll have, um, places to share like stories, for example. So if it's a project reveal, I might ask them, Hey, like, what are the standout features? Are there any like items in the room that are unique to the clients? For example, if I'm looking at a, you know, a finished project in their portfolio, I can see why the design works, but I can't tell you that the chair, you know, was an heirloom passed down from the client's grandmother. That's something that I can't makeup, right? Or I can make it up, but it's not necessarily (laughs) going to be true. Um, So those are the kinds of questions that we ask to get that information from clients, bullet points. It doesn't have to be um, super fancy. And then we will write the post. We will select photos for the post. We resize all of them for site speed. A lot of the photographer photos that clients get are like 3,000, 5,000 pixels, which slow a site down a ton. So we make sure that it's smaller and keeping high quality. Um, We label them all for SEO, and then we essentially hand it over to the client for implementation. A lot of our custom clients have small teams of, you know, one to five people. So they have someone on their team that implements it on their site, and it's literally a drag and drop situation. And then we repeat it, and we do it all over again the next month. Yeah, there's so much work that goes into blogging. And Mm -hmm. the one thing that I often ran into back when my agency offered this, and I'm so glad we don't offer blogging anymore because I do not have (laughs) the patience that you have, was 
Yeah, it does. And you have to have your systems and you have to have the right team members in the right places with the Mm -hmm. right skill sets. Yeah, it just kind of makes my head hurt thinking about it. But the issue that I used to run into a lot is that I would have a designer or a stager come to us and say, hey, can you do blogging for me? And then we'd get to the nitty gritty of it. And they'd be like, wait a minute, can't you just like come up with topics and then write everything for me? I don't Mm -hmm. want to be involved at all. And unfortunately, that would be a disservice to them. It's also pretty much impossible to do as an agency. And that's why I like your process because it is very comprehensive. It has to be if people want to get good results from Mm -hmm. blogging. I mean, can you imagine a a client coming to an interior designer and they're like, oh, hey, can you design my living room? But that's it. Like no additional information. Like, oh, I I like modern style. Well, whoa. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) I I mean, literally anything. Like. I feel like you're you're almost setting this person up to fail by not giving them the information. That's why I really I really believe that even if you outsource this, there has to be some layer where you are providing the information because if you aren't, it's it's not going to be authentic. And I feel like it's I mean for me with custom clients, I can authentically achieve their voice, but I can never read their minds. I can't tell you how they run their business because I'm not in the studio every day. Right. Being involved in your own marketing is just part of being a business owner. And it can be hard because I know that a lot of people have told me in the past, well, I just don't have time. I just don't have Mm -hmm. any time. It's like, okay, that is true, especially right now. The home industry is crazy. However, not making the time to be involved in your own marketing will result in either no marketing or marketing that just doesn't work. And then you don't get clients and then your pipeline eventually does dry up. Yeah. And I actually hear that a lot. I feel like um, the clients who do end up coming are not from anywhere, but from zero to trying custom, they will tell me I had a full pipeline and now it's gotten quiet again. And I've just been on this cycle of like market work, market work. And I feel like that's not really a fun place for anyone to be in. No, no, because when people then start marketing, they're doing that from a place of paranoia and it can be very hard to think clearly to have a plan in place or to even listen to a strategy that someone is laying out for you because you're just like so focused on, I need the next client. I need it right now. I need to start letting people go on my team if I don't get another project. And that is not, that is not a good situation. (laughs) That is not a place to be creative in. Now, the thing is like, you've got a lot of awesome clients maybe too many awesome clients. <laughs> so that leads me to the next question. Why did you decide to partner with me? Because I mean, yeah, we've been friends, but that doesn't necessarily mean we must now be in business together. So what prompted that? Yeah. So it's like you said, I, and this was even many years ago when I first created the blog post builders, because like any business owner, when you get completely full of clients and you have a wait list, you're like, okay, what can I do to serve these other people that I can't work one-on-one with because we simply don't have the capacity. Um, and so at that point I was like, okay, is there a way to like template blog posts, blog posts in a way? But then I kind of leaned away from that idea because a template is something that you just change a few words in, right? Like it's a, like maybe change location or change style. And that kind of thing just would not work for blog posts because with Google, if you end up having, you know, two blog posts that are the same minus a couple words, Google sees it as duplicate content and they're going to penalize your SEO. So I was like, okay, throw that idea out the window. <laughs> so I was like, what can I do to like instead find a way to give designers and other home industry professionals the pieces to pull together the blog posts themselves very, very easily without duplicate content. And I ended up creating these blog post builders, which is essentially, um, it's kind of set up in a questionnaire form where the title or the topics are already selected. There are several title options that are all optimized for SEO. And then it basically guides you through writing the post in a strategic way, just like we would for custom clients. Um, And I think this is really, really helpful for people especially if they're the kind of person who sits down and looks at a blank screen and is like, what the heck am I going to blog about? And then 20 minutes later, they get up and <laughs> go, go get a snack or something else. Like even I've been there with my own business because it's, it's hard to sit down and you're like, well, what is going to resonate with people right now? Like, what do I want to talk about? And so this kind of takes the guesswork out of things. Mm-hmm. And so that's the copy piece of it. And then when you press submit, 
you uh, will receive the blog post essentially formatted for SEO that can then be copy and pasted into the website. And then the other pieces of that, photos, right? So we've already pre-selected high-end stock photos that go with the blog post and we've labeled them for SEO as well. So those can also be just drag and drop into the website or for some clients who want to use their own portfolio photos, they can still do that and they have the SEO label to use as like a guideline for how to write their own SEO, like, yeah, you know, for the image. Or they can just hire, or they can just use the elitist membership package and my team will do the format. But yeah, basically I, I wanted it to be more accessible. I wanted it to be easier and I wanted it to be something that anyone could use without waiting for me to have like space in our roster, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then actually I wanted to mention, I actually offered them um, as a standalone like product through Ochre and Beige first before we even teamed up. And I actually felt like it was smarter for us to team up because the client is getting a full marketing funnel instead of just one piece. And again, it's like, it's, I always make the comparison to design because these are both creative. I feel like these are both creative industries. Would you just give a client like a selection of furniture without looking at the walls and, you know, the, the flooring and like everything that's around it? Probably not because you're not going to get the same results because your blog posts aren't a standalone thing. They work in the greater scheme of your marketing funnel. So to me, it makes far more sense to have it in Socialite Vault where they're getting everything at once. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because we do get or like I personally get a lot of questions from people who are like, well, I want to just do blogging or I want to just do social media Mm -hmm. and then I'll stop that and then I'll start something else. And the problem is you actually need all these parts and pieces to work together, just like a design plan. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. nothing's going to work. You're not really going to gain any traction because you'll hop a few steps forward with your blogging and then you'll stop blogging and then you'll start doing, you know, email marketing and you'll get so far with that and then you'll stop that and then you'll go do something else. And it's like, you're spending a lot of money, but you're not getting anywhere or you're spending a lot of time and you're not getting anywhere. So the idea behind us partnering and offering a complete sales funnel is really what is helping our members get value and new clients and projects Mm -hmm. and tripling their businesses. Like we have had Mm -hmm. a lot of our members tell us Mm -hmm. and that's because it's a system that works and it's a complete system. So like with blogging, it's so important because as you said, it's for SEO and that is a great way to become known and establish your authority and get more website traffic. And then mm-hmm. it's a great way to promote your lead magnet, which is something mm-hmm. else that we offer. And then exactly when people opt in for that lead magnet because of your blog post, now they're going to need to get your email marketing. And so one step needs to just flow into the next. And if you don't have the mm-hmm. next step in place or if one of the middle steps is missing, leads are literally pouring out of a crack in your funnel instead of funneling directly into your business. So I had to get on my soapbox about that because we have reasons (laughs) for what we're doing here. And I'm curious what, okay, like everyone listening, I know the answer to this because Jacqueline and I are together, (laughs) but what has been the response, these blog post Mm. builders and what results are vault members seeing? Yeah. So I I actually feel like there are two layers to this question because there's the success that clients are seeing. And then there's also what we're seeing on our side, like in the metrics that we have access to. So from the client side, of course, we're seeing mailing list subscribers go up at the end of blog posts as much as possible. We're adding that newsletter block where people can sign up SEO over time. And I know we'll talk about um, SEO a little bit later, but over time, it increases. Absolutely. Um, comments from clients as clients is really what I meant. So like, <laughs> so like yep. designers are telling us, oh, I met with a client the other day and she, she talked about my latest blog post. Like that, when it becomes something that's happening in real life, in person, mm-hmm. I feel like it's just taken ugh, digital to, to the real world. It's just another, I feel like it's hard to do, but when you get there, it's really, really so rewarding to hear. Um, and then of course, like more realistic client expectations because a lot of the blog posts that designers are sharing and that we have the blog post builders for are around what is the process like, you know, what is working with a designer, like these kinds of things that, you know, people have their impressions from HGTV and are wildly 
like out of alignment with what's going on in reality. So that's already going to be super helpful for people. And one thing that I have seen on my end, because I'm the one doing like the one-on-one consulting calls with our members Mm -hmm. and they're able to share Google analytics with me, I can actually see in real time oh, this blog post that you got from us is driving all this traffic to your website and either because it's showing up in search results or because that blog post was pinned on Pinterest and both of those places, Google and Pinterest are search engines. So they're giving you all this website traffic now and then we can actually track using Google Analytics. Okay, what did that person do once they clicked Mm. on your blog post? Oh, they went over to your contact page. You just told me you got a new project and oh, wow. We can actually see the path the client took to get to you and how your blogging played a very active role in that. And I love seeing that because for a lot of us, sometimes marketing can feel like you're just throwing something against the wall to see what sticks. We've all been in that position before. And then feeling like, I know I'm doing the right thing, but I'm not seeing results from it. And we're going to go into like when do you see results and how long does it take to gain traction? So I don't want to skip ahead to that, but this is something that can be measured with analytics. It is not just guesswork. And it would be cool if all our members gave us access to their Google Analytics so we could track this, but not everybody does. So we are going off of both the hard data evidence and the anecdotal evidence of, like you said, Jacqueline, when a client in real life is like, I really liked your last blog post, I mean, that's called brand recognition, and that is called actually making an impact on the real world, not just the digital world. And you're right, that is hard to do. So the fact that it's happening is amazing, makes me really excited. And along with that, what would you say are the main benefits of using the blog post builders that we offer together in the vault Mm -hmm. versus completely custom? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think in general, it's a really really low time commitment. I want to say it's fairly similar to our custom clients only because I have literally worked as hard as possible to make it the lowest time commitment while still getting the information that we need. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very low compared to sitting down at a blank computer and trying to start from scratch. It's significantly lower from an investment point of view. Um, our custom posts honestly start around 500 for, for one post, yeah, yeah, 500 a piece per month. Mm-hmm. And the vault membership packages are lower than that. And you're getting a ton of marketing content for each month of membership. And then I also believe that there's more control over the voice because the designers are the ones who are essentially writing it. If they have us editing it, yes, we will polish it up and we'll make the grammar and the flow sound better. But at the end of the day, it's still the client's voice. So of course, you know, as a, someone who writes for custom, like I want to say that it's perfectly aligned with every client, but the truth is it's never going to be identical to how a client would write it themselves or how a designer would write it themselves. And then also, I think just from a topic perspective, there's no thought involved at all. You can just pick one that sounds good to you because they're all designed to support your business strategically. And I know you and I will talk a bit later about what are some good topics and what are some not so good topics to write about. And then, oh, help with implementing actually is another one. With our custom posts, we don't implement in the websites anymore, but for um, vault clients, they do have the option to have our team do that for them as well. So there's another like decreased time commitment. Yeah, I mean, honestly, with most of the people who come to us, their primary complaint is I don't have time, but I need Mm -hmm. this to be done and I need it to be done well. And the two different packages that we offer, the celebrity package and the elitist package that contain the blogging, um, they're priced at $2.99 and $3.99, but they don't just include the blog posts. They also include the rest of the sales funnel. So that's why when you're looking at it, if you're just looking at it purely from a financial perspective, it's like, oh, I can get everything and I can get all this help from Jacqueline's team, including the implementation on my website, which does take time. I mean, we have our systems and processes, my team and your team, really down to a science because we know it takes us time. And that's why our membership is different from other memberships. We're not just saying, here's all the content, go 
do what you will with it. It's more like, here's the content, let's customize it so that it sounds exactly like you, and then let's implement it. We're gonna help you with the implementation so the consistency is there, so you actually get results from it. Another thing that people struggle with, like if they do have time this month, great, but they don't have time next month, and then the consistency yeah. falls completely off the wagon, and then it doesn't work for them. Yeah. So that is why we partnered up. Yeah, I was gonna say the, the number one feedback that I get from fault clients is, Thank you. That was so easy. Yeah. Number one. And also, I think just the fact that we are literally getting submissions for the blog post builders nearly every day. We get at least one, which is crazy to think. And that tells me that it's valuable and that people are using it and they're they're seeing results from it. Um, and we also, our turnover is so, so low. I know you and I were talking about this before, but like, yeah. People don't leave. <laughs> they don't. I mean, Somebody's leaving. <laughs> right. So here's the thing to everyone listening. I was looking at data from 2018 to uh, through today in 2022, and the percentage of our members who leave is around 5%. So we are retaining 95% of people because we're serving them well and what we're offering actually works for them. And that's the bottom line, right? Because at the end of the day, you guys don't really care that all these people are staying, but you do care about why they're staying. They keep coming back. They keep paying month after month because they keep getting the value. And that value is they're getting more clients. They're getting more projects. They have a solid sales funnel that they feel confident about. And sometimes that confidence piece is the most important part because it's kind of like when you help a client feel confident in her home by making it beautiful and functional for her, we're making your marketing beautiful and functional, something that you can truly be proud of. I would also add that it's low maintenance. It is, yes. As a fellow professional, I do not want to be spending my entire life on the thing that I did not get into business to do. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. And the caveat to that, it's low maintenance for people who work with us. It is not low maintenance for your team or my team. No, <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah, it is definitely not, but we love what we do. Yeah. And we are very fortunate to have professional people in our team. Like we're not hiring interns, no offense to interns, but we're not hiring people who don't know what they're doing. We're hiring people who come to us already knowing the things. And then it's just a matter of us teaching them our workflows and our expectations Mm -hmm. and processes. And that is why the people who work with us, whether on email marketing or blogging or both, they're getting this high quality content every single time which matters. I mean, if you're paying for something, it better be high quality. Today's episode of The Kate Show is brought to you in part by the Window Coverings Association of America. If you're an interior designer, a window treatment specialist, or an installer looking for business growth, listen up. With an annual membership to the WCAA, you'll receive trade discounts, ongoing education, and an exclusive listing in their homeowner-facing directory of professionals, which, by the way, guys, makes it a lot easier for people to find you. Whether you've been working in the home industry forever or you're fresh out of design school, the WCAA can help you take your business to the next level, whether you're just trying to scale up or you're just getting started. Go to wcaa.org for more details. Now, let's switch gears just a little bit. What role does blogging actually play in a home industry business? Because I do think there is still a myth out there that blogging is mainly for affiliate marketing, which, I mean, you have to have 100,000 hits Mm -hmm. on your website a month to even make that worth your time. And most people don't have that. And that's fine. So what is the actual purpose of blogging? I love this question because I think you're right. It can be very misleading, especially when you're on you know, Instagram and you're like, oh, this designer over here must be getting so many sales because they're sharing all these affiliate links. Guarantee you in most cases, that's not true. The real role of blogging, especially for full service interior design firms and other home industry professionals is to get your ideal clients to hear about you and discover you. So if you're writing on topics that are not at all related to the people that you serve, it doesn't matter how trendy that topic is. It doesn't matter if you get you know, 10,000 page views, because at the end of the day, it's not going to lead to a client. So that is the main role of blogging. It also helps a lot with local SEO. Of course, as we talked before, um, getting 
newsletter subscribers. So they're into that next stage of the funnel and are now, you know, hearing from the, you know, the designer monthly and staying top of mind and kind of nurturing that relationship. And then of course, educating prospective clients. One of my favorite blog posts to write are either FAQs or answering a question that is a common question that designers get. Because later they'll tell me, oh yeah, someone uh, emailed me about, you know, X topic and I just sent them the blog post. That to me is a huge win. They Mm -hmm. just saved a ton of time and they, you know, were giving the client a more professional response than something typed in an email really quickly. The other thing that I think is really important about blogging is that it's, it's a medium for sharing stories and connecting with people since it is in, you know, the designers, the home industry professionals voice. Um, it's a way to connect with, you know, the potential client. I feel like I've seen so many marketing materials out there that just feel like marketing materials and blog posts are one of the mediums that I think gives you a lot of room for freedom to kind of let your personality shine because mm-hmm. they're work like you're going to be working with them. They want to know that there's a human behind the business and someone that they can connect with. So I feel like that's super important. And then just in general, as a resource library that can be, you know, accessed on the site for people who are trying to get you know, educated about the process. And Yeah. I mean, to your point, interior designers, professional organizers, and other people in the home industry, they have a very unique business model because it is based on relationships, but not just like casual ones. They're very intimate Mm. relationships. And that's why I know a lot of designers have told me, and I'm sure they tell you, I I often feel like I'm a therapist for my own Mm -hmm. homeowner clients. And some designers are all about that. Some are like, oh, this is something I could do without. And I'm in that camp, like (laughs) (laughs) sign up for that. But uh, what they do is so intimate, that intimacy starts in the marketing and that's why people need to speak in first person rather than third person they need to show photos of themselves not just photos of their work and their marketing they need to share stories and i'm glad that you provide so many story prompts and story-based or question like real life Mm question-based blog post topics because this is the stuff people actually want yeah and in some cases especially for designers who work on new homes that project may take two years. Don't you want a client coming in the door that you actually have a good rapport with and maybe have something in common? But if you're hiding behind your work, they'll never know who you are to have that connection with you. Right. And when you're just getting started in business, you might feel like, well, I just want to appeal to everyone because I I just need business. I get that. We've all been there. However, when you are yourself in your marketing, you're going to naturally attract the type of people that you want to work with and repel the people that you don't want to work with, the people who will complain about your fees, never pay you on time, and really just try to nickel and dime you and make you feel terrible about yourself and waste so much of your time. It's worth it to just be yourself. You don't have to pretend to be something that you're not. You can just be yourself in your marketing and that will make you feel more confident. It will make your marketing more effective because it'll be more authentic and genuine. Mm -hmm. And that it can take some time to develop. You know, I felt like I couldn't be myself in my marketing for the first several years. I don't know. Did you feel that way, Jacqueline? I had, I think it took me a couple of years and I was actually going to mention this because I feel like if there's any concern or hesitation to you know, put yourself out there a little bit, you might think, oh, I'm not going to do this right now. Mm -hmm. But when I go back and I look at those first blog posts I ever wrote five years ago, I'm like, oh, I just like, I shudder shudder because I, I, I really captured this like bubbly, upbeat voice because that's what I was seeing everywhere. And, you know, I'm a social person, but that's not my natural writing voice at all. Mm -hmm. And I think it took me a couple of years to finally get to a place where I was like, you know what? I spend so much time like imitating clients' voices and not really thinking about my own. I'm not going to think about it at all. I'm just going to write this post and see how it goes. The difference was night and day. Yeah. Night and day. And I also wanted to just suggest for anyone who does end up using the blog post builders, if you're looking at that form and you're like, I don't know what voice to write in, please just write how you would speak normally. And that's genuinely perfect. It is because you want to make sure that you're presenting yourself as the same type of person that people are going to get when you walk into their space. 
And mm -hmm. if there's a big disconnect between how your marketing sounds and how you actually are in person, that doesn't go very far to build trust. And you wanna make sure that these people trust you. They're gonna be paying you hopefully a lot of money and it's worth cultivating that relationship. Now, one of the big questions that I get from people is, okay, I wrote a blog post, you know, whether it's with us or custom or they did it themselves, whatever. They're like, what do I do next? So what is your advice around that? Mm -hmm. So I, I've also had um, a lot of clients who will publish a blog post and then a month later, they'll tell me, hey, nobody read my post. I'm like, well, okay, that's because we need to get it out into the world. The first step is usually sharing it on social media. Pinterest is great for this. As you said, Pinterest is a search engine. I have a lot of clients who also share on Instagram, but that's not usually where they're getting clients. It's more where they're interacting with the community they already have, which is also great. Um, LinkedIn is a smart place for designers, I think, because that's where you have professionals who are usually in those, you know, higher level careers that are investing in home, like larger home projects. I also think there is some benefit to including it at the bottom of a newsletter. I know you and I have talked about this a lot because the newsletter is at the end of the sales funnel. And so we don't want to be, you know, distracting people who might want to book a consultation, having them go back to the website and now you're distracting them with something else. But if they've already gotten that call to action to you know, book a consultation and they haven't, and it's just not the right time for them to include at the very, very bottom, just a snippet of the blog post, like a teaser, a couple sentences from the intro is usually what I go with and a read more link. I think that's very advantageous because someone who's just not quite there yet has the opportunity to engage with the business and with the home professional in another way. Right. And I want to clarify here because anyone who's listened to my podcast for a while is going to be like, wait a minute, Kate, you always tell us don't include any other calls to action in your newsletter. Well, here's the thing. And here's the lovely little caveat that just makes the nuances of marketing freaking delightful. If <laughs> you have a main call to action, which usually is um, specified with a button. So you've got a button at the end of your newsletter. We put a button at the end of every newsletter we create for our vault members. That's the primary call to action. It's what your eye is drawn to. It's what your finger naturally wants to tap or click. And that should be for the consultation or the discovery call, whatever action you really want people to take at the end of the day. But to Jacqueline's point, you can also include a snippet of a blog post at the very, very end, or you could even do this. Some people will do it like right below their bio in the newsletter. I think it's a little bit flexible, but the key is don't then add another button because now you're going to have two competing buttons. You need one button. So therefore, when you have a snippet of your blog post and you're hyperlinking something that says read more, that's okay. Now you're not competing with the button. You don't want to cannibalize your own calls to action, but you can certainly have people, you can give them the option to go read your blog post, something that you worked hard on. As long as, like I said, you're not including multiple buttons because then people don't know where to click and they'll either click the wrong one in your eyes, they'll click the wrong one, or they won't click any of them because now they don't know what mm -hmm. to do. Yeah, simple, I agree, mm -hmm. simple is best. Yeah. Um, the other idea that I had, and I've seen several um, designers do this before, is to include, a link to your blog post in your email signature. Mm -hmm. And I think this is super smart as well because a lot of the emails that you know business owners are likely sending are with their clients, of course, or other professionals. And so now you're kind of expanding your I don't know, area of visibility a little bit. Let's say you're talking to you know, a tradesman and they see the blog post and they're like, oh, this is relevant to my clients as, like, as well. And now they maybe read it or they share it. It's not going to happen every time, but you just never know when that visibility is going to pay off. Now, when your custom clients especially are doing this, do they just include a hyperlink that says, click here for my latest blog post? Or is it a specific blog post title and they're saying, go here to read this like blah 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 yeah the title yeah okay the title. so, so the person knows it. automatically whether it's relevant to them or not mm -hmm. 
Okay. Yep. I just wanted to make sure to emphasize that because yeah. otherwise it, it would sound like Too a bland, vague. Yeah. It called it yeah. like your latest blog post. So why should I care? You know? Exactly. <laughs> so, Completely agree. Completely yeah. agree. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. like when people say sign up for a newsletter and then they give like, people no incentive or reason why it's like, well, that, why would I do this? That doesn't work. <laughs> That's boring. <laughs> Completely agree. Yes. Now, what are some examples of good blog post topics versus bad? And once we talk about that, I do want to also talk about how long does it take for a good blog post to gain traction? Because these are all questions that I'm hearing frequently. So let's start with the bad topics. And I feel like I could soapbox about this for a little bit. Please do. Please do. Uh, DIY topics are the worst because this industry, you don't want DIY clients. And well, first of all, as I said before, I'll never suggest a DIY topic. And there are rare occasions when it's requested of me to write it. And I, of course, like the client comes first, right? If that's what they want, fantastic. But to write like a how to, I can't think of something right now, but like to how to do something yourself post doesn't make sense because you don't want them doing it themselves. You want them to hire you to do it, right? So that's a big no in my book. I've also seen a lot of um, topics that are trendy, but not right for your business. So if you see that something's trending, like it's not going to serve your ideal client, it doesn't matter if you get, as I said before, 10,000 page views, because it's not going to turn into a client at the end of the day. So be really wary of trendy topics. And then the last one that I have on my list of not so great topics are Poorly done roundups. I don't want to say roundups because I think you can do it right. Poorly done roundups. Maybe I should clarify. A good, what's a good roundup? A good roundup is capturing the style of you know whatever your projects are. It's hitting the price point that your clients generally work in. So if you know that your clients are at a higher end, they usually purchase you know designer goods then you probably don't want to try to attract them with a bunch of affiliate links from cheap products on Amazon because it's just not a good fit. But I do think roundups can be done, like when they're done well, they can establish the designer as a tastemaker and um, have some authority in the field. Um, So I think they're good, but just be careful to do them, to do them well. Um, Good topics, project reveals are great. I love them, especially because I feel like on a portfolio page, you have a little bit of room to share the story behind the project, but two paragraphs at the most is already going to look like a lot of text. Whereas in a blog post, you have a ton of room to get more, I don't want to say creative, but you have more room to tell the story behind the, like what the clients wanted and their lifestyle and the different features that were added to the room. Uh, Behind the scenes are great. So info about process, um, you know, service, timeline, even investing, um, like what does the investment require? If that's a question you get asked a lot, then address it. If it's not a question you get asked, maybe don't talk about money, but it's up to each business owner, I think, to decide how they want to put information out there. But I do think that educating clients, especially wherever the business owner is seeing gaps in the client expectations and reality are really, really smart blog post topics. FAQs are really smart. And then just in general, any evergreen topics. I don't know if you've talked about evergreen content before, but basically it's the idea that it's relevant forever instead of like, oh, it's just, you know, helpful around the holidays. I generally prefer evergreen and would maybe have those in like a nine to one ratio, mm-hmm. like nine times out of 10, I would go with evergreen. Maybe once in a while, I would do something seasonal just for fun. And actually, that makes sense with the next thing I wanted to ask you, which is how long does it take for a single blog post to gain traction? Because if you're doing a lot of seasonal content or time-sensitive content, so let's say you are talking about something regarding an event that happens only one time a year, is that really helpful? And this is something that each business owner has to decide for herself because how long, Jacqueline, does it take for one blog post to actually get that momentum? Yeah, so this is really interesting because I have seen this across a bunch of different businesses. And 
I've noticed this pattern and I was really shocked when I first discovered it. What I noticed was that when a client would tell me, oh my gosh, this blog post just took off. It's getting so many views. Um, it's becoming really popular. I would go look at that blog post and it was one year old, almost exactly. Interesting. Which is crazy. And actually I had another client who moved states and we went through her entire website, changed all of the location keywords to her new region. She just told me a few weeks ago, I finally started getting consistent inquiries for my new state instead of my old state. One year. Wow. Isn't that crazy? It is, but it's really nice to know that because a lot of people will have different expectations. They'll publish a blog post and then a month later be like, well, it's not working. I'm not getting any clients from it. I'm not getting any hits, but it's like, well, that's not how it works. And that's why I, I tell people all the time when I'm doing discovery calls with them or even consultations, like blogging is a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. And actually I was even looking at my own blogging statistics just to, just cause I do, you know, for fun. And the blog post topics that have gotten the most traction have been consistently increasing for two years. Mm-hmm. Yep. I have the same is, thing too. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. But I think that's, that's kind of the secret behind SEO or at least how it works from a Google perspective. It compounds, right? So a little bit at a time gets more views. Then it goes up a tiny bit and it gets a little bit more views. Then it goes up a tiny bit and it keeps moving and getting more traction. And then that like stimulates the next boost, you know, it's, it's I'm sure yep. they're going to change the algorithm at some point anyway. <laughs> it's so complicated, <laughs> but at least this is what I've seen and this is what's working for now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and actually I have some good news on that front. So when it comes to search engines, they're trying to, they're trying <laughs> quote unquote to make them less complicated because mm. they want things to be conversational and very mm. readable, which I know that is a huge part of what you do, whether it's a custom post or a blog post builder through the vault, it has to be readable. You have to sound like a real person, not just because there's a human reading it, but because Google is reading it and Google can figure out, is this authentic? Is this genuine? Yeah. Does this make sense? And then also, is it evergreen content? I was sitting here trying to think, have I ever posted a blog post that was not evergreen? No, I have not. Because hmm. that was, excuse me, that was seasonal. Pregnancy brain's kicking in here. When you guys hear this, I will have already had my baby, but when we're recording it, I am 33 weeks pregnant which is also why I lost my voice. <laughs> so, like, there are so many things happening, but no, I I've never done seasonal content because I know that at the, in the long run, it doesn't serve my brand. And to your point, Jacqueline, some of my most popular blog posts are from like three or four years ago mm-hmm. and they're just still as popular. Crazy. I, yeah. They just, yeah, I don't know. They just keep showing up in search results and I get website traffic from it. And that's the cool thing because a lot of business owners will ask correctly, how is this a good investment? Because blogging is not like the cheapest thing out there and it shouldn't be because it's a crap ton of work, no matter who's doing the work. Well, this is how you justify the investment. The same way you approach your homeowner clients saying, here's why you should do custom furniture versus big box store furniture. It's going to last longer and it's going to continue serving you well for years and years to come. And it's going to look good for a long time. That is what blogging does too. It serves you for years and years to come. A post that you invest in today will still be serving you three, four, five, even more years from now. Now, what type of blog post topics are available to Vault members? Because you and your team are the masterminds behind everything blogging related that we offer to our members. So what sneak peek can you give them? Well, I can say that everything in there It's from the good topic category (laughs) because, you know, I cannot put bad ones in there. I don't know. Sneak peek. It's hard for me to give a sneak peek. I think I feel like I already kind of covered it a bit, but of course, a little bit more specific. And of course, to not just designers, but home, like the entire home industry. So window treatment professionals, um, home organizers, stagers actually recently added um, quite a few for design build and like rental design as well. Cause I feel like that's getting, I don't know, it's becoming quite uh, profitable as like a subset of the industry. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and maybe so that we don't overwhelm readers with loads of topics, just go back to your good list and tell us mm-hmm. that one more time. 
because that applies to all the industries that we're serving. Yeah. So the process is, is a big one. So I have that for interior designers, home organizers, window treatment professionals, basically helping potential clients understand what is it actually going to be like to work with you. Timeline is another big one, especially with the pandemic kind of throwing timelines out the window. Um, For you, you can have, I mean, you can approach it from one of two ways. You can just generally share, or we do have a specific post that's related to what people can expect now that the pandemic has kind of screwed up the the supply chain. (laughs) Joy. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard some stories. Otherwise, there are good roundups in there, especially for um, side door as well. I know a lot of uh, our members use side door to promote um, like home furnishings that are actually home furnishings that they would use, not necessarily something from Amazon. Um, A lot of behind the scenes, there are some project reveal ones in there, but they're more open-ended. So it's kind of up to each person to decide you know, it'll share like, what's the story behind this client? Like, what was this client looking for? What were the goals for the project? Um, you know, if it's a before and after, like, what was the before like? So kind of talking through um, how to present the the work in the best way. Because I think that's another, especially for someone who's worked on a project for maybe a year and they're like, okay, I have all this stuff to say about it. Where do I start? Like what's most important? So for all of these topics, it's really picking out what's essential and what is going to be most valuable from a marketing perspective and giving them the tools to kind of express themselves in a free yet structured way. Yes. Going back to what you said earlier about no fluffy topics, because fluffy topics just don't serve your business. Now, guys, if you're like, okay, this sounds awesome. What do I do? How do I get started? You guys can actually go to socialitevault.com. You can use the code social to get 10% off your first month of working with us. And it doesn't matter which package you choose. But when you're at socialitevault.com, you can see what a sample blog post looks like. You can watch our demo video to see what the workflow is like because we've been talking about it, but it's always easier to see it with your eyeballs. So we've got the samples and the demo video. We've got all our packages laid out so you can pick the one that's best for you. We also have a quiz that will help you determine which one is best if you're just not sure. And then you can also book a discovery call directly with me if you're like, oh, I still have questions or you can email us. Basically, we are here to serve you guys, the home industry. This is the only industry that Jacqueline's team and my team work with. And that's why we're able to to dive so deep into the content marketing and figure out what actually works and how to deliver it in a way that isn't breaking the bank for you and also isn't sucking up massive amounts of your time. So Jacqueline, thanks for coming on the show. I'm so glad we could do this again. Me too. And thanks so much. I hope this is super helpful for everyone. I really do. I think it will be. And guys, Jacqueline does have a special resource for you. If you're like, "Ah, you know, I'm writing my own blog posts and I don't know if I even need to outsource it. I mean, maybe you don't. Some people are really great at it and they enjoy it, but you might want to see if your blogging is meeting the SEO standards that need to be met in order to actually make blogging worth your time. So Jacqueline has a blogging SEO checklist and you can get that by clicking the show notes link for this episode. You can just go straight over to her website as well. Jacqueline, where is that lead magnet on your website? It'll be under resources. Okay. Awesome. So if you go to ochreandbeige.com and then look under the resources tab, you're going to see the blogging SEO checklist. Otherwise, you can also find the link to that checklist in the show notes for this episode, episode 209. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. Please keep your marketing simple, your message clear, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Visit us at thekateshowpodcast.com where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.